views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Everyone, and for those of you that are not having a morning time now because you're either listening from Italy or uh, over in India, I think there's like uh, one of my listeners said to me, "Listen, Dr. Pat, it's between thirty. It's about thirteen and a half hours different." And when I actually listen live, it's like because I'm up and I'm doing other things. So you know, it's morning in some parts of the world, and it's more and and it's still morning in India if you really want to think about it. But it's not the same day. We welcome you to this show. Doesn't matter where you're listening from. You are welcome and we are grateful. For those of you that are tuning in the, for the first time, this is the Dr. Pat Show. Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. And uh, we have a fabulous show for you today. Uh, we've been talking about today's show for a number of weeks now. And a number of you have heard the promotion uh, that we've had running about the book. God without religion. So many of you uh, have heard it that you have pretty much bought out the book from East West Bookstore. And the book is on back order, but it is not the only place that you can get the book. And we will let you know about it, about how to do it. And today's show is a blessing. We are going to open up the phone line. So I'm going to say that right at the top. We're going to do that. We have some books to give out. But right now, I want to introduce my guest. Uh, my guest today is Shankara Sharanam. Did I get that right, Benny? Benny? I think so. Yes. Ask the man himself. I'm going to ask the man himself. But I want to <laughs> say a little bit about this, you know, this uh, blessed individual. He is, by the way, the author of the book, God Without Religion. He is a writer, philosopher. He is a lecturer. He is doing numerous workshops. As a matter of fact, I think he's going to be at, you know, E Omega Institute and many other places. We'll be talking about that. He has traveled extensively in India, Israel, and he has been researching and writing, okay, uh, on spiritual issues. And by the way, we actually have the same alma mater, which is, uh, you know, graduates from Columbia University. However, he graduated magna cum laude. <laughs> Someday, maybe you will, too. No, no, oh. that's not going to happen. Oh. I graduated gratefully. <laughs> <laughs> but today's show, we are going to explore, not just today, this is a three-part series, and I want to talk about that right out of the gate. We are going to be talking about the questions around Exploring God Without Religion, what this means, why this book has been written, and why it is so timely in today's world. Thank you so, thank you so much for joining the show today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pat. How did I do on your name? Uh, you did wonderfully well. Most people butcher it far Far more than you did. Benny and I have been practicing. It's really important because, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I also have a name that really absolutely doesn't get it. The spelling never comes out right and certainly the pronunciation. And it really is for us an honor to have you here. And in that spirit, it's, it's an honor for us to really represent you personally and the magnificent work that you're doing. So I want to thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, it's, it's 
My pleasure entirely, and I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Well, you know, I'm going to start the show off with a question that I ask uh, every one of my guests uh, one time. I asked this question one time, and, um, and the question actually came from the listeners. I mean, this book is absolutely unbelievable, and uh, you know, not only do I know that, that it's a fabulous book, it really opens up a conversation that people are longing to have, but what I want to say about it is it's uh, apparently becoming quite popular here in the Pacific. Northwest. I don't know if you heard me uh, mention that um, one of our, 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 our metaphysical uh, bookstores in the area, one of the most popular ones, East West Bookstore, is it has this book on back order. So we want to make sure that you can, you know, that you can buy this book if you go to www.godwithoutreligion.com. And those of you that are listening online, you are going to want to follow. So the question that I would ask you: Here you are, travel the world, traveling the world, teaching teaching all over the world and you have found what one might one might say is your calling what are what are some of the challenges what are some of the obstacles that you you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment well i suppose the biggest obstacle was uh the um obstacle of uh concentration <laughs> Looking within, uh, stilling the mind. Uh -huh. uh, it's it's one thing to research a lot and uh, read a lot of books. Um, there are a lot of great philosophers of the past that East and West that one would have to read, scientists that one would have to read to um, write a book like this. As you you know you well know, it covers all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, putting everything together, but um, but you know the book is a lot about the practices of of looking within sense introversion and asceticism or you know the life of self-sacrifice and and you know like I'm like everybody else uh, uh, brought up in the suburbia Midwest uh, I wasn't taught uh, that you know that skill to um, master the senses or master the mind so I guess that would have to have been the greatest challenge but uh, you know it took about uh, 20 years and I did it <laughs> you did a good job you did a great job. Um, but, you know, what you're talking about is something that all of us, I think, face. And uh, really, on some days, we have a great way, you know, to move beyond uh, not being focused. And on other days, um, we're kind of we're kind of stuck. But the book, God Without Religion, what was calling you to take this message out in the world? And if you would, please say a little bit about uh, what this book is, what the messages in the book well the calling was uh actually i think it, you have to say i have to say indignation um right you know to feel these things or to know these things is one thing but to go out and write it take something uh you know in your pants you know so mm -hmm. to speak when you get up in the morning mm -hmm. um i think it's george orwell also said my, my writing is just garbage unless i'm angry and uh, I'm not angry at anybody, and I'm not angry at myself. It's about it's an anger at um, just the raw power of tradition and unquestioned dogmas that are heaped upon us, not only as adults, but more often, and uh, and much much more damaging when we are children, when our brains are forming, and you know the the mind is developing, and here these you know very dangerous ideas are implanted and. Uh, we form and grow around them, and they become solidified and ossified, and all of a sudden we we can't see the world past them. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I would think that's probably the main reason. The book, of course, is about um, the method for us to question the sense of self, to question our identity, to question the accepted truth. Uh, there are 17 techniques in God Without Religion to uh, how to do that, both um, through uh, ascetic practices, uh, mystical practices of looking within, controlling mm-hmm. the mind, mm-hmm. and also, of course, through colloquium, uh, through discussion, um, how to ask the right questions. And it's not an easy feat when uh, the questions themselves that we're, we're going to raise in our minds are informed by our sense of identity already. Well, they're already, they already come to the table with bias. Is that, that's what I think you're saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, there are techniques given to help us do the work, well, undermine that, I- mm-hmm. that identity. You know, one of the things that is said about the book, uh, and I'd like you to talk about this, it's, it, you know, one of the things that is said about the book is that it attempts to give us a more direct and immediate perspective of God. Could you say a little bit about, uh, you know, how so? is how so? Well, of course, uh, when I say God without religion, we're talking about God without centralized authoritarian uh, religion, organized yes, religion. that's right. right. Uh, not... A, against a God without a regimented or regimented or life. Um, and, of course, the God of God without religion is not the God of religions. Uh, the gods of religions, the monotheistic beings um, on high, the, uh, you, know, the, you know, human cultures have created thousands and thousands of gods. The God of God without religion is, is just uh, the, the, our capacity to expand our sense of self. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, when I say more direct understanding of God, it's really a more direct understanding of uh, of our potential to um, increase our knowledge, self knowledge, so everybody and everything is included in it. Uh, that's that's really what I mean. You know, so so the question I think that you know that that so much of us that comes up you know actually quite often is you know the expression of god's god as through me as me and we hear that expression a lot the expression of god i am the expression of god through me and as me how does that statement um how does that statement talk to to the book god without religion well of course again the god of god without religion is is more like a verb uh, it's like to expand so through me as me, um, of course, we can say uh, a pantheistic approach to God, that God is everything, and, um, and that's very well and good. Of course, the, the challenge is that there's no stagnation. If you look at the cover of God Without Religion, the book, you'll see it's a swirl in the yeah. word God. Mm-hmm. And uh, that swirl is about that it has to be always changing. The sense of self is always changing. It has to always be expanding. Okay, through me and as me now, but... I want to go to a larger God, to a, even a non-finite, an infinite God. Right now I have a finite, limited sense of self that's uh, affected by conditioning, uh, location, uh, time frames, geography, culture, all these things. So I want to break free of this finite conditioning and realize a non-finite God. And the only avenue to non-finite knowledge is looking within.
You know, that leads me to another question. I mean, uh, it doesn't really take much, even if you're not watching television 24-7. It doesn't take much to figure out that there has been an effort, an, an effort, a movement towards sort, you know, to this sort of, uh, you know, um, very infrastructure-driven uh, conversation about religion. Some people call it religious fundamentalism. And, it, you know, some people, folks, that this has been, say that this has been going on for a number of decades and you know what's happening is it seems to be so prevalent it seems to be so visible today because of you know uh, folks looking at this fundamentalist religious perspective in relationship to government so you know i'd like to hear your perspective on how this has actually you know come to be in this very you know point in time well uh, you know god with religion does discuss that. There's a section called uh, Terrorism in the Name of God and State. Um, the bottom line is that religious organizations are political entities. It's never been otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Gandhi once said uh, to say that uh, religion and politics are two different things is not to understand either of them. Uh, so this has been forever. I mean, in fact, you're not, we can't say the Catholic Church for centuries wasn't political. Of course it was. That's right. Um, it's only now I think it's rearing its ugly head, this uh, unholy trinity, I, I would call it, between politics, religious ideology, and e e uh, economy, uh, economic powers. These are all centralized powers. I mean, we went to Columbia, you and I. That's a centralized institution that if it... Uh, if it focuses too much on that centralized uh, establishment, it becomes uh, accreditation instead of education. Mm -hmm. um, so centralization is all manner of places. And, and when it comes to religion, politics, and e uh, economics, these are very, very, very powerful forces which distance our power from us, divide us. Um, politics does it through, you know, everything from parties to nationalism. Religion does it through, uh, more ontologically, meaning more through our defining our sense of being otherwise differently than other people uh and uh econ economics does it obviously to greed so there, we have to we can't just tackle one and leave the others alone we have they all like three shields mirrored shields mirroring reflecting each other and protecting each other and we have to go to, go to all of them at the same time. Yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting that you say that because, it, you know, it's like I was talking with someone the other day uh, prior to, to this interview today, and, and we were having a conversation, let's call it, but it was, a, it was a pretty vocal conversation on the topic. And, you know, one of the people in the group said, you know what, it's this. Imagine an apple pie, and you have this apple pie, and the apple pie is divided into eight slices, let's say. No matter how hard you try to take the slice out, it's still apple pie. And so what I think you're saying is that, you know, we have these forces at work. We have, you know, different agendas at work. But they, they all are interrelated and connected. Mm. Did I get that right? Well, they, people are people. You know, yeah. a particular sense of self goes into the political profession or the religion profession or the corporate profession. Yes. Uh, you know, they're all coming from a particular cultural setting, a particular value structure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to say that, oh, well, I went into the priesthood means I'm not uh, interested in uh, money or I'm not interested in political uh, 
clout is just utterly absurd. Uh, you have to look at people individually, of course, mm-hmm. but on the on the whole, you know, uh, an organized, centralized religion um, not only is uh, politically motivated, but it has to be in order to maintain its its very centralized authority and centralized structure. Uh, so. Uh, I mean, not understanding that is just like uh, putting blinders on. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, you know, if, the, if we're going to look at what that pie is made out of, I mean, I prefer rhubarb and yes. strawberry. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that, that pie, that, <laughs> that good, you know, is the sense of self, the human sense of identity. And that's where the book targets. That's what we all have to target. We have to go after that and challenge it and question it. Uh, and expand upon it. And then once you do that, uh, then all of these systems will reflect that larger self. Right now they don't. They reflect a very skewed self. The, you know, the dreadful has already happened, Heidegger said. The, our sense of self has already been warped almost beyond um, recognition. Uh, we're on the verge of uh, self-annihilation every single day that we uh, wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, with nuclear weapons and and wars over resources, um, we mystify our wars, we mystify ourselves. Uh, this is a dreadful. Mm-hmm. So you know we have to fix that uh, pie filling and uh, question it and maybe throw it out and you know start again. And that's what I love about what you've done with this book and what, you, what, what the message that you have and you're taking out because you are doing that. I mean, when I, reading the book, I have more questions than I have answers and I love that. I love that about what you've put together. I mean, there, there are even parts that you talk to, uh, that really go up against other scholars, philosophers. And one of the things in particular is this idea in the world where there are many people saying we need more religion we need more we need more and uh you know, i i don't think that you agree with that necessarily what's your what's your viewpoint <laughs> more religion yeah, yeah let's have well, more no, I, 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 listen uh, you know well, i, I, can I don't say know that. any actual famous great philosophers is that uh the, you know the well-known philosophers even the existentialists the uh mm-hmm. European, i mean i mean i come from a long line of philosophers that are saying what I'm saying. I just take them a little farther and I put them together sort of like Newton put together calculus or Leibniz. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I'm, I'm in very good company. Uh, the people that are saying they need more religion are very simplistic. What they're really saying is we need more ethics. But if you're going to go to ethics, the last place you want to go to is centralized religion. Mm-hmm. The reason is because uh, uh, we can't judge religion's effectiveness in, in spreading ethics according to the words, the platitudes they mouth. We have to judge them according to their effectiveness in uh, instilling the ethics and, un- and the understanding of why this ethical system is, uh, mm-hmm. is worth living by. And that just doesn't happen with centralized religions. And on the contrary, centralized religions give a carte blanche a, uh, justification for crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the God of the Hebrews says, thou shalt not murder, but... It, you, you read that and you say, well, actually, you look at the historical and the social context of how it's applied, it's thou shalt not murder within our social system. Mm-hmm. Murdering outside of it is fine. Mm-hmm. We do it all the time, and we justify that, and we even call it the uh, holy war. Yeah, it, that uh, must be the fine print. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, once you start writing down words and calling them holy, then they're unquestioned, mm. but you can interpret them. 
any way you want. So what do you got? That's a combination. What is that recipe? It's a recipe for disaster because all of a sudden you've got somebody who won't allow you questions into his head or mm-hmm. her head but has the freedom to interpret whatever words she wants any way or he, any way he wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we... And then we and then we are surprised that there are religious wars and ideological wars informed by faith and and uh, planes flying into buildings and uh, abortion clinics being bombed and who knows what else. I mean, yeah. No, we need a lot. We need no religion. Mm-hmm. We need spirituality, progressive, expansive sense of self, no narrow identities formed by religious indoctrination. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, you know, it's really interesting you mentioned that. I, I happened to get in tr- in, into trouble really early in life. I really did. And I didn't know I was in trouble, but I remember being in a, in a class, um, you know, right before, I, I forget whether it was confirmation, communion, I'm, I'm not sure. And um, I, I asked the question, the dreaded question. It was kind of like, where does God live? Mm. You know, uh, you know, who is God? Where does God live? And, you know, I remember that experience. That is a question that uh, you're not really supposed to ask. Mm. Right. That's not well, that wasn't a question in this particular practice that you really were supposed to ask. Oh, there's a whole host of questions that uh, religions, organized religions um, uh, undermine. You know, when we undermine it with the words like doubt is devil and. And reason is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, impure and all that, whatever. Uh, there, you know, the good thing about God without religion is that, like you said, it, it, um, it not only brings questions to the mind of the reader, but it improves the questions that they are capable of asking. Yes. Um, and that is so important. Anybody can ask, you know, it's a simple question, where does God live? You know, what is God? Who is God? Why do we... You know, why this particular god of this particular ethnic monad as opposed to the thousand and other gods of other ethnic monads? Uh, you know, where do the other gods live? Uh, you know, there's a thousand questions like that. But then you read God without religion, and all of a sudden your questions take on a new level of penetration. And uh, what is God becomes what is self. Yes. And then after you look at that a long time, you're going to finally be asking what is real. Yes. You know what? On that note, we're going to go to a short break. And here's what I'd like to do. I did mention that, uh, you know, the bookstores are pretty much sold out of this book and uh, things are on back ordered. But I want to tell you that we have been gifted uh, two copies to give away. And what I'd like to do is invite you to call in to the show and uh, bring your questions on the air. Uh, I'd love to do this and have you represent yourselves and asking the questions that need to be asked. And what I'd like to do is the third and the fifth caller that call in. We will bring you on the air. You can ask your questions, and we will be gifting you with a copy of the book, God Without Religion. The number to call in is 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. Or one 298 5569. That's one triple eight two nine eight fifty five sixty nine. And I would invite each and every one of you to visit GodWithoutReligion.com. You can also purchase a book from there. And uh, and and you know there are several interviews on there, and this interview will be on there as well. So you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, fabulous uh, interview today with the author of God Without Religion, Shankara Sharanam. Shankara. 
Charnam. There, I, I, I will have it down. And you are listening to the Dr. Pat Show. I am Dr. Pat Basili, my producer. Producer Benny. We have more to come. We want to take your calls. Benny, I think we'll go for the third and the fifth caller, and we'll make it happen. Thank you so very much for listening. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Tired of doing all the right things and ending up with the wrong love? Are there people in your world you should but just don't respect? You're not alone. Over the Cliff Productions presents a groundbreaking approach to right relationship. Join Greg Hoskins and Michelle Morgan February 2nd at 525 North 85th Street in Seattle for a dynamic workshop to learn how to identify, cultivate, and use polarity as a power tool for finding and building extraordinary relationships. For information or to register, call 425-397-7559. That's 425-397-7559. Or visit over the cliffproductions.com and catch their interview on the Dr. Pat show on January 31st. Hello, this is Dr. Darvish from Holistic Medical Center in Bellevue, bringing you the Holistic Health Tip of the Week. If you are suffering from arthritis or joint pain, try applying moist heat for three minutes, alternating with an ice cold towel for one minute, three times over the affected area to relieve your pain. You may also want to pick up our famous Holistic No More Pain Lotion to relieve those achy joints and muscles. This is Dr. Darvish from Holistic Medical Center. If you need to contact me or have any questions, call me at 425-451-0404 or look us up at drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. I would like to help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that honor the dignity of the human spirit, value all life on earth, and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let The Dr. Pat Show be your conduit to a global community of people who could benefit most from your product and service. Join the buzz, be the buzz, and let our success be your success. For more information, call me, Dr. Pat, at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Join the Dr. Pat Show, the show that is changing the lives of thousands. Write it down, shout it loud. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, wasn't that fun? everyone you're listening to the dr pat show uh thank you all for listening and uh, i'm here today with shankara sharanam and we are talking about his book god without religion and uh we will we will be doing a series today is the first of three uh that we will feature on the conversation god without religion so there's much more to cover in the uh the weeks uh moving forward 
each show will be an invitation for each and every one of you to present your questions. And I want you to know that now um, we have a brand new website coming up. You'll be able to see a place where you can ask questions for um, for our listeners, uh, for, our, for our guests, and we will make sure that they get covered. It's important. This show is for you. That's why we do it. And so we love to include, we include you. So, Benny, let's go to the phone right now. Sounds good. We're going to bring on Audrey, who called in. Hi, Audrey. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Um, I uh, wanted to ask a question about, um, in the case, say, if someone isn't interested in being a part of a formal uh, religion or church, but they still feel the need to express their spirituality and have some sort of spiritual community, um, you know, despite that, um, what are some ways that, that, you know, you might be able to accomplish that? Wow, thank you. Thank you for the question. Uh, my turn? Yes. Oh, uh, well, I think one of the most important um, practices is the colloquium. Basically, uh, inviting friends, um, family members, anybody interested in discussing, asking questions in an open form. Uh, that's, uh, I, you know, people don't often think that just talking and asking questions is a spiritual endeavor, but I, I feel... I wouldn't have been able to do anything with my book unless I engaged in colloquium with uh, readers uh, all over the world when I was posting my research on the net. And, of course, my colloquium with the writers of the past who I had dialogue with in writing and in, in reading their books. And uh, you can bring particular books to the colloquium, and everybody reads a part of it or a whole, the whole book and asks these questions, and uh, the colloquium has no authority. Uh, the, uh, our ideas have to fit some evidence presented in the colloquium. It's very open. Um, other than that, uh, the biggest technique to practice is looking within, uh, which I call pranayama, uh, sense introversion. And pranayama, you have uh, the Pranayama Institute as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, the Pranayama Institute, it's a nonprofit 501c3 organization uh, that's dedicated to, to teaching pranayama freely uh, at no cost uh, worldwide. Absolutely. So you can go to pranayama.org mm -hmm. and uh, download techniques from the book, God Without Religion. And you can also, uh, I think there's a link from God Without Religion, isn't there? Yes. I believe yes. there is. Yes, on godwithoutreligion.com, you can go to pranayama.org and uh, order mm -hmm. you know, all the techniques there. All right. Free. Wow. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I believe we have open phone. We have an open phone line, so we have another book we'd like to give away. And uh, let let me give out that number. Uh, you all have uh, reminded me that it's really a good idea for me to let you know when the lines are open. <laughs> So I'm doing it. I believe me. I'm getting better every day at this, folks. 425-373-5527. 425-373-5527. one 8 toll-free in western Washington. one 8 298 5569 That's 1-888-298-5569. And Benny is getting really good at picking up the phone. You know, thank you again for joining the show today. Um, there is a chapter in your book that I, I, I would like to, to talk about. And the chapter is called Miracles and the Mind. And I would like you to share a little bit about your perspective on the relationship between the two. Well, uh, history shows that uh, when something was not understood... Uh, it could be rain, it could be um, comets, it could be lightning, it could be 
um, uh, you know, all manner of things. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, a psychedelic trip. Uh, the due to ignorance, uh, the human propensity is to ascribe the event to a certain uh, deity. Uh, something, uh, you know, instead of to say, I don't know, let me investigate, it was, oh, the angels did this, oh, God did this, oh, uh, they're angry with us, oh, they're, this is an omen of this, they're happy with us. Uh, so a lot of these, a lot of uh, miracle stories uh, formed around um, the just the unknown. Another set of miracle stories formed around... Uh, our aspiration, our desire to be free of uh, human limitations, mortal limitations, uh, death, um, uh, you know, um, our conditioning, our, um, you know, being stuck here on the ground, we can't fly. Uh, so there's a whole other set of lore that's uh, revolved around that, our, our fear of mortality and limits. Um, and, of course, there are a lot of things that did happen and do happen today still that are not explainable by, let's say, a Cartesian, you know, square look at the world. And uh, psychology, uh, metapsychology, a, a lot of uh, research is now being done in looking at, um, at the, the way the mind works and, it's, and the way it um, interfaces with our sensory reality phenomena. And, of course... Since the things we're seeing through our eyes and hearing through our ears are being processed by the mind, it stands the reason that affirming a certain thing in our heads is going to affect the way we interpret sensory data. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which, uh, so in other words, to me, a miracle as something that breaks the laws of nature does yes. not exist. Mm-hmm. But things that are unaccounted for, unexplained, and uh, supernormal. They're all around us. Uh, it's like Einstein said, either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. Uh, I can even believe in uh, yogic power, non-finite power of uh, mystics, and still not believe they're breaking the laws of nature. Uh, they may be using more subtle laws that we're now looking into. Uh, with Let's say uh, the, there's a big fad now with uh, quantum theory. Uh, but uh, we don't have to say, well, they broke the laws of nature and God broke the laws of nature to prove his existence. That kind of thing is of the dark ages. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't push forward knowledge. It doesn't push forward uh, even an understanding of the world. So, you know, so, I mean, we are hearing uh, a, a lot these days about the connection uh, between the mind and, uh, and outcomes that happen and so uh you know i think the idea of miracle if i'm understanding what you're saying it comes from two parts one you know the first part being that there is an assumption that a miracle does break you know the law break through the laws of nature that it is contrary and then the other thing perhaps is that you know miracle from that perspective perhaps doesn't break any laws we just don't really have a sense of how to articulate what's happening is that right yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the use of the word miracle. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, I mean, I can say a lot of things in my life are miraculous. Um, something as mundane as my child being born right in front of me, uh, to uh, you know, me reading somebody's mind. But at the same time, I, I don't call them miracles in the sense of something breaking the laws of nature, right. as if, um, as if either childbirth or mind reading is 
is contrary to the laws of nature. I think there's uh, uh, a lot of evidence, more and more coming out, and, of course, with all that evidence and all that information, it undermines the ignorance which would create these fantastic explanations for things that, that really don't uh, forward any knowledge and just create narrow selves again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a lot of evidence that's coming out that, that helps us understand the way the mind works. Yes. Uh, we don't know much about it still, but, uh, you know, thought to me is miraculous. Yes. There's this, this a voice hearing in our heads. You're not hearing it with your ears. Thinking. I mean, <laughs> I haven't found anybody to fully explain that yet. I do my best in the book, but pretty miraculous to me. No, I agree with you. I mean, uh, I, I haven't heard anybody really explain it. And, you know, beyond, you know, a thought is a secretion. I mean, and, 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 and that's it. But right, which is, you know, if, sci- if scientist says that, I don't see that as much different as a lighting bolt or something, uh, uh, you know, Zeus hurled. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't tell us anything. Naming something doesn't explain it. It's just, that's just the name attached to it. Absolutely. Wow. You know, thank you so much. What I'd like to do is uh, remind you to, uh, you can call in. We have a few more minutes left here. 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. And we're ready to uh, bring you on. I think Benny is still busy with the phones. Bring you on and, and give you a copy of the book. I wanted to talk to you about uh, one one point, one last point here. Um, and that is about um, this idea of the new age i have heard several people um actually several people i've interviewed recently really talk about you know this is really the new age where the new age is already the middle age you know this is this is something that we've created as a matter of fact i think carolyn may said it the other day and and um i believe that you have said that um uh, uh that there are uh there are some uh you know down downsides to, you know, uh, gathering ourselves under, quote, the new age. And I'd like you to share that. Yeah, well, uh, I couldn't limit my study of religion to Western religions. Right. I had to include also Eastern religions. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I couldn't uh, limit myself either to uh, past religions forming in the distant past. There has to be also a study of, of the way West Eastern religions, let's say, inter, uh, come to uh, the Western culture, mm-hmm. the Western values, and what becomes of them there. Uh, we had to look at um, mysticism of various religions, gurus, cults, um, Kabbalah, you know, uh, you know, Wicca. I mean, you, you, to to understand uh, something, you have to really look at everything. You, yeah. Um, at least at some point in in your research career, uh, and I found that the sense of self that we take uh, to these, um, let's say, alternative paradigms. Uh, is often no different than the one people take to organize religion. And it's one thing to be free of the shackles of a dogmatic religious identity, uh, you know, bequeathed unto you at birth. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you don't want to take one step forward and two steps, two steps back mm-hmm. by, by uh, taking that baggage, applying it to a new paradigm, and really making it the same thing, another narrow sense of self, another justification for a narrow identity where there's... Again, no real measure for knowledge. In my book, I explain the, how we measure knowledge, both finite knowledge and non-finite knowledge, and that's knowledge is power. And the requisite power that one must have in their life uh, to, um, to account for the knowledge they claim to possess, uh, uh, that process of, of, of honesty, really, 
with ourselves uh, is very important, and it's not taught. It's not taught in uh, uh, New Age circles, mm. uh, Kabbalah. It's not taught uh, in organized religions. Uh, it's not taught. In, I've been in India many times. <laughs> I don't see any uh, intellectual honesty when it comes to knowledge and power there either. Uh, we, we, it's easy to mystify and, and make uh, you know the exotica very alluring, but people are people, and the honesty when it comes to to what we really know and how we know we really know it uh, is very hard to um, muster because it really challenges ourselves. Yeah, and you know, and I want to just mention that you do travel around the world. As a matter of fact, you're getting ready to travel to India uh, very shortly, aren't you? Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow for a month-long uh, tour with the book, promoting it there. Um, on the one hand, you think, well, I'm sort of like uh, bringing salt to the ocean, but actually it's not true. Uh-huh. Uh, most of my students over the years were, uh, I'd say half were from India, the other half were the rest of the world. Uh, sense introversion, self-mastery, the, these methods, uh, there's a lot of religion there, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of superstition, a lot of divisiveness, especially between Hindus and Muslims. You know, caste system is, it's, they've done a lot of improvement on that. But, um, you know, a lot of cults, a lot of, you know, quack gurus and, and um, you know, a lot of dishonesty when it comes to, again, to knowledge. You know, there's just as much work there as anywhere else. Yes. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing um, your thoughts with us today. I want to say that we have a caller. Let's bring the caller on. Who do we have, Benny? We have Kat waiting for us. Hi, Kat. Welcome to the show. Hi, are you there? Yeah, how are you? Can you hear me okay? We got you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I had a a question about, had he done a lot of traveling before he wrote this book? And how how did it come to him, this the subject or topic it was it was the result of being being in different lots of different countries mm-hmm. okay uh well uh the, the biggest uh impetus was first um being a monk i was a monk in a monastery and i wasn't i didn't leave the four walls so there was no traveling there except going inside um if you didn't go inside you go mad it's like groundhog day every day is the same right uh, it was a monastery of yogis, so we're mystics, and there was no narrow religious identity. But um, I'd say the second biggest aspect uh, that helped the book come out was uh, just a lot of thinking, a lot of questioning, a lot of sitting there and thinking and reading and questioning and writing, uh, all in my lonesome. Uh, traveling was a big part of it, only in as much as it got me to new cultures where I could... Um, I could share my ideas. Like I, when I went to Israel, I didn't just study and think and research. I decided to write a book, and, I, and um, not not so that I could uh, proselytize or anything, you know, uh, mystical techniques to the to the Jews there, but rather uh, so that I could uh, again in, in, uh, facilitate that dialogue uh, uh, with the culture there, and again uh, uh, get a better understanding, rise to greater general truth through that. Um, colloquium. Uh, so, uh, as far as the title of the book, that happened one day. I just got up uh, out of my seat. I was taking a nap, and it just came right to me. <laughs> and I haven't stopped since. There you go. We call that a download. <laughs> or yeah. an upload. It depends on what side you think you're sitting on. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kat. Thanks for joining the show today. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Well, you know, um, 
what what I want to ask you about is is a follow up to to that you know to that uh, to that answer, and it is this idea of getting downloads loaded or uploaded or the idea just came to you. I would like to ask you about how you believe God operates with human beings and how that shows up. Well, uh, for me, God is infinite self, infinite substance. Uh, from that infinite awareness, uh, which is indivisible, non, you know, no, con- no cause and effect, no space, no time, uh, it, there's a, an idea of division where it divides into these divisional misperceptions of space, time, causation, and individuated beings. Um, God, to me, therefore, is a non-finite, which we intuit. We intuit through our, our very complex and sophisticated nervous system. I think uh, everything has an intuitive capacity, the wall, the chairs, the cat, everything. Uh, And that ours just happens to be very, very sophisticated, our intuitive faculties, so that we are able to intuit a larger chunk of self, a larger sense of self. And when we increase that intuitive capacity through looking within, intuition means to look within, literally, intuer, uh, our intuitive capacity increases by practicing intuition, and therefore our sense of self expands. So I think... uh, God, not as a monotheistic uh, object out there, distanced from the universe and and the cosmos and humanity, but rather Mm -hmm. um, at the bedrock of everything, uh, infinite substance, um, uh, we intuit the infinite as, as our sense of self, as our own self, as our own awareness. So then, is it is it uh, correct to say that for some people they are um, I don't even want to say you know more intuitive um, because I'm not sure I I quite believe in that term, but um, more open to hearing uh, the message, and that's why some people uh, you know have experience like Jesus. Mm. Well. Uh Jesus, to me, is a mythic image of God, created over centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody can use a mythic image of Jesus to focus the heart and mind, to help them look within. And if they do that, uh, it's quite possible, if it's strong enough, their concentration, that that, that the infinite in the form, the finite form of Jesus mm-hmm. could come to that person. Uh, not to say that's necessary proof of uh, success in concentration, but... Um, when I use the term intuition, it is not about my ESP or my, right. mm, I had an intuitive hunch, you know. Right. I mean it in, to, in terms of our, our, ability, uh, our awareness, our like mm-hmm. thoughts, for example, mm-hmm. are intuited to me. Um, they're intuitively based. In other words, uh, it's like the human body is like a radio and, um, and, uh, every channel has a certain frequency and range of thoughts and, of course, we're very complex radio. Everybody's a very slightly different radio because, of our patterns of energy and awareness in the body and the brain, mm-hmm. and that which inform our sense of self and our intuitive capacity. Um, to me, uh, somebody with a greater intuitive capacity isn't a psychic. Uh, you can have a very narrow self as a psychic. Uh, to me, the greater intuitive capacity is somebody like uh, uh, Martin, Luther, uh, Martin Luther King okay, or right, uh, right. Uh, Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Somebody that does not, that includes everybody and everything to the best of their capacity. Uh, now, of course, Gandhi was no ascetic. I mean, uh, Gandhi was. I mean, King was no ascetic. Mm-hmm. But yet, his his thinking, his um, perhaps his devotion, perhaps his, whatever inner life he had that that brought him to the point where you know he could say, "I'm not doing this 
to save the blacks. I'm doing this also to save the white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or Gandhi would say, you know, uh, a strong India means a strong world. Yes. You know, that kind of attitude, not a strong India and to hell with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, thank you. I, and I, I, I was clearly on the same page as you were on. I mean, I, I also um, look at intuition in that way as well. Uh, what I wanted to, to do is uh, wanted to, uh, you know, end today's show with asking you to provide a message today. And we'll do this in each of the interviews. Um, what I would love to do is ask you to uh, just provide a message, a personal message today, uh, to our listeners. And uh, a thought, something for them to contemplate until uh, we meet again when you're on the show next time. Um, I guess I'd uh, ask them to imagine all the wonderful thoughts, uh, questions rather, uh, that they have yet to ask. Um, I just had a conversation with my mother today and I was talking to her about the the whole Jews that were, in, uh, you know, I came from a Jewish background. Uh, I don't identify with Judaism, of course, but that the Jews were slaves in Egypt. And, of course, there's no historical proof of that. And it took her till she was 65 till she started asking the questions about that story. And she realized, oh, my God, they, they weren't slaves in Egypt. They were just Egyptians. Um, well, uh, that's a, she just was both floored by the fact that Jesus started asking questions and she came to that conclusion, which many um, historians have also. Uh, there's so many wonderful questions that we don't know yet to ask and uh, to um, get together with people and forming a colloquium, uh, reading a book like God with a Religion and other books uh, that ask the serious questions. Um, the good questions, the the magical questions that uh, really change our lives. It's such a wonderful feeling, mm. and I wish it for everybody. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you so much for taking your message out into the world. For those of you that are, are just tuning in, uh, God Without Religion is the book. Uh, God Without Religion, Questioning Centuries of Accepted Truths, and that's the book. It is available on the website, godwithoutreligion.com, and uh, should be available in our local stores here as well shortly. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show today, and have a great, great trip uh, in India. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We look forward to having you on when you return. Definitely. Okay. Thank you for thank you for joining the show. We wow. This is a conversation that we could have and just go on and on and on and on, and we will. And that's why we'll be doing a series of interviews. And today, really, we focused on the first part of the book, uh, which talks about worshiping by wondering. And as we move to the next interview and the third interview, and again, the conversations we're having having are in the spirit of this colloquium this idea of conversation uh, we have the freedom of speech in this country and we have the freedom to ask the questions and explore and take the journey and in this is what we provide on this show it's a forum to do that and so thank you thank you all for listening i want to make a couple of announcements here and one of them is stephanie Durham tomorrow on the show 
Now, Stephanie will be on the show, and she will uh, be uh, doing readings from the Sacred Contract uh, deck, uh, the book. So if you want to join the show and you want to participate, um, we want to make sure that you've written this number down because we're going to you know, open up the phone lines and we want to make sure that we get everyone in. And uh, you will be able to present a question, something in your life, something that you'd like to know about. And Stephanie will uh, have a conversation and, and provide some coaching using the sacred contract decks and, of course, her uh, professional and um, spiritual integration into the work that she does. So this is very exciting. And I want to mention again, Lori Grant, tomorrow night... Lori Grant, yes, Lori is going to definitely be in town, and we've been uh, running the promotion, right, Benny, about the upcoming event. Yes, ma'am. And the event is going to be at the Best Western Executel, mm-hmm. and that information is on Lori's website, which is arch, A-R-C-H, healing.com or the com. Either way, you'd be good to go. Um, what I'd like to invite each of you to do is to sign up for the, the newsletter, uh, thedrpatshow.com. Right now, if you go there, that will take you to the Crust Busting website. But that will uh, stop happening uh, by Tuesday of next week, and you will be able to see the new website. We have what we call a Thriver Member Club, and if you sign up for that, you will be able to uh, get uh, information on the shows, events that are coming to town, uh, special discounts, all of that, and it does not cost you, not a thing. There is no Free. charge. We're not doing the charging thing. So I just wanted to mention that. But I, what I want to say is when Lori was on the show uh, a week ago, not this week, a week ago, we had made an offer to people that could not get there. And we have collected names uh, for folks, so I think we're, we're pretty much filled up. But the offer was for those folks that uh, wanted to be part of the healing ceremony with Lori Grant on Friday night. And some of you emailed me and said, you know, Dr. Pat, this sounds like this is a healing that can help me, but I don't know how to get there. And I don't, I can't drive. Um, and some folks are pretty incapacitated. And so what I said to them on air is that I would make sure that I got them a ride. So there were two people that hooked up with me, uh, Maria and Caroline, and we are going to make sure that they get picked up because... Because one of our local, unbelievable, voted number one limousine company in America, I want to say this, the number one show, the number one limousine service, it's really interesting, uh, voted number one limousine company in America stepped up to the plate. And the Bayview limousine, Bayview limousine, and you want to go to BayviewLimo.com to find out more, has said, yep. We will pick up those two folks for you. We will do it. And they said, now, what would you like? Would you like to have a town car or would you like to have a stretch limo? And I said, you know what? It's your call. You're the expert. Hmm, So Let's think about that one. So we'll be, we're great. I'm grateful. Very generous. I'm grateful that they, you know, I'm sure that whatever they're going to use to pick up our listeners, it's going to be fabulous. And by the way, they're going to pick folks up and then they're going to take them back home just in case you're wondering. They do have like the big expedition, Ford expedition, I think. That's right. And I I am going to pick up the tip. 
Oh, I got the tip covered. So you Very folks, good. Maria and Carolyn, if you're if you're listening, don't worry about the tip. I got you covered. Uh, so that is fabulous. Lori Grant tomorrow night. Stephanie Durham tomorrow during the day. Next week, fabulous show. Monday, j- just in case you're wondering what she's going to be doing next. Next week, of course, we're going to bring Nancy Solomon back for uh, 20 minutes or so and then go right into opening the phone lines for Sue Storm, the Angel Lady. Tuesday, Deepak Chopra will be on the show along with some unbelievable teachings from our very special guest who was on the show once before, Swami G. So we've got that jam-packed on next week. Very cool. Uh, you know, and, and boy, I've got a number of other folks. And if I had my calendar in front of me, I'd be able to tell you, but I don't. <laughs> uh, and we've we really got some powerful programming for everyone. I've got something that was just handed me to, to me not too long ago. The guys from the movie One, Ward Powers, Diane yeah. Powers, everybody, just called to mention that it will be showing in Portland this Friday through Sunday. At 5.30, all three days at 5.30, at the Baghdad Theater in Portland. It's only going to be here this weekend, so call down to Portland, get all your buddies to go. If you want, drive down, (laughs) have some fun on a weekend, check it out, 5.30, Baghdad Theater, movie, The One is showing all weekend there. One, the movie, and by the way, there's like a train, isn't there? Yes. Can't you take the train to Portland? Of course you can. That's a great, that's a little get a little on the scenic train. tour down there. That's it. Absolutely. You, you get it and you do it and you're there. Yeah. Wow. Thank you all for listening to the show. Thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, we love you, love you, love you. And have yourself a great day. I'm off to lunch for the soul. I'm going to get there at the tail end, but I am going to be there. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Benny. Great job. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. And every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. Views expressed on the preceding program are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers.